listening to a Benstown and McVeigh Media Podcast Network production. Run It Again is an inside look at the players, the coaches, and the business of sports with former NFL star and broadcaster Ron Pitts. And two minutes later, I was back in the same Oklahoma drill that I got the concussion from. And the mastermind behind the greatest show on turf, Coach Mike Marks. And we want to force him into a vanilla defense and go to work. Run It Again is a hard-hitting, no BS podcast that connects you directly to the source. This is Run It Again. Welcome to Run It Again. I'm Ron Pitts with the coach, Mike Marks. Don't forget to visit us on runitagainpodcast.com and be sure and hit that subscribe button. Like what you're hearing on Run It Again? Let us know by leaving us a review on Apple. Coming up, week four in the NFL was a serious week of change for some folks, while others just seem to carry on business as usual. Coach Marks and I will break down who did what to whom and why. Plus, we'll hand out the rookies' progress reports for the first quarter of the season. We want to turn the mic around now and hear from you, our listeners. Have a question for me or Coach Marks that you would like answered on the next episode of Run It Again? Send us an email at runitagainpod at gmail.com or leave a comment on social media at runitagainpod. Be sure to tune in every Tuesday for a new episode and for a chance to hear your questions answered. You're listening to a Benstown and McVeigh Media Podcast Network production. We'll be back after this message. Hey, it's Jesse Cage, and every Thursday I release an episode of a podcast I call First Match. It's your wrestler origin story podcast, and this week an ECW legend joins the show, just incredible. Actually, uh, I don't talk about this a lot. Maybe I should. Four to five weeks into training, I, uh, compl- I was completely concussed. My eyes were cross-eyed. I was throwing up all the time. I, I couldn't really uh, do much in the ring. Yeah, and wrestling, it doesn't hurt at all, right? Don't miss Just Incredible on First Match this week, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Welcome to Run It Again. Now, here's Ron Pitts with the coach, Mike Martz. Bill O'Brien, time is up down there in in, uh, in Houston. They, uh, they had enough. Romeo Cornell will... We'll take over for that. You, you kind of knew this was coming, and I think there's some other ones that, that are uh, on the warmer that may be coming real soon too. Uh, but I never did understand the DeAndre Hopkins deal, the, the the trade there. Seemingly they didn't get enough for it. But there's always another story. I'm not saying I know that other story, but there's always another story. But evidently management wasn't buying any stories when they made the move. Well, DeAndre Hopkins should never happen. You can't take a – now, he's leading the league right now. You can't take a player like that. And and perhaps he was stronger in the locker room than Bill wanted or – I don't know what the issues were between the two of them because there had to be some sort of uh, chasm there. There, there, is, there is a backstory, and it involves some, something off the field, and that's where we'll leave it for now. Yeah. Yeah, but the whole deal is you know, that's his fault. That's That's Bill's fault. And uh, you, you deal with those things. You, you just do. It's the same thing. They've got a big personality up with the Browns, but they deal with it. And, yeah, you know, it's not right. fair to the rest of the players. You know, take a talent like that off that team. It's going to help these guys win and, and ensure their careers, et cetera, et cetera. It's a, and I think when he left, I think that was demoralizing to that football team. I don't believe that they ever got over it. I, I Well, clearly they didn't. Now, they didn't look the same. And maybe it was COVID had a part – to play in it, I don't know. Uh, some teams look like 
they've been uh, practicing every day and working out and in shape. Other teams right. look like they haven't been doing a, a thing. You you kind of alluded to that earlier. So. Well, you know, when they, they opened up against the Chiefs, uh, they looked like they just didn't want to play. Yeah. You know, it was, it, they, it was ugly. And the Chiefs were ready to go. You know, they revved it up. Yep, that's right. Well, so we'll see where that goes. And like I say, there's there's other places that are that are gonna slowly get to that point. Uh, I don't know. So we'll we'll see. Jacksonville is in there, perhaps, and uh, Detroit's looking a little weird. The Jets, boy, that could happen. That shoe could drop any day. I mean, now now players are starting to speak out. So we'll we'll see where that goes. Mike, have you ever have you ever traveled to a game? the day of the game that wasn't a preseason game? No. Yeah, that's what the the, uh, the Patriots did for the Monday nighter, just because of the whole uh, you know COVID-19 thing. And, of course, Cam Newton uh, po- tested positive, so they had to make changes. Games were moved around. The Colts and the Bears game was, was moved to a later date. So there were a lot of changes that went on. For a while, the league wasn't sure if they were going to even make this game happen. But – I just wonder, I've, I saw a, I was doing preseason games for the uh, Chargers for seven years, and they got to the point when they would play Arizona, they would just fly over day of the game. That makes sense. It's preseason. You know, you, it's a different mentality. You kind yeah, of it's preseason. We, the game. We, yeah, we did that a lot when I was with the Rams. Okay, right, right. But, but now that, I'm just trying to remember, I can't recall anyone ever doing this for a, uh, a regular season game. No, even when we played Green Bay when I was at Chicago, we bust up to the game, but we went the night before. I mean, we we still obviously, went the night before. Yeah, yeah. I thought right. that was a league rule, right? It you is. had to be in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then for the uh, playoffs, I think it's it's even uh, more time in. I think you got to be in a full forty eight hours or something like that before that. So, huh? Um, that was an interesting game. So they, I. The Patriots used all their quarterbacks. We, we they did. Say they, yeah. they, they, so it just goes to show you that here's this, here's a Hall of Fame coach, probably one of the best, if not the best ever. Yeah. And he didn't have a quarterback, and they looked like just another team. And it just goes to show you how important that position really is. And, yeah. you know, the value. You put Aaron Rodgers on that football team and, and you know, something like that, or Russell Wilson, or shoot, you put that kid out San Diego, Herbert, over there, and, you know, it's yeah. going to be a different team. That's but you know what happens, and this this is really – it's not meant to be funny, but it really is true. You get some guys that are teasers, backup quarterbacks, they make a living at it, and they don't play for a long time. Then they have to play, and they kind of get exposed a little bit. And they get comfortable yeah. in that position, and it's, it's brutal. That's why backup quarterbacks for me were always young guys that haven't played yet, and they're hungry. You take an older vet and make them a backup, and they just kind of put it in cruise. Like Brian Hoyer, and well, I'm not saying know. he wasn't doing the best. I don't do, know but- that. Yeah, I don't know that he, that's what he did. But they just don't. Yeah. You know, they just they just are there. They don't. You know, young kids. They like the kid that comes in after him. You know, it's just different. They give him a Stidham. different energy. Yeah, yeah. Stidham, Stidham comes in, and yeah. he's a young guy doesn't know any better, and he's fighting for his life. And you know, there's a reason why you're a backup, I guess. And that's a terrible thing to say, but I've I've just had too many of them, been around too many of them like that, and it's just. Uh, now name names or anything like that, but had uh, some backups that were, you know, been in the run of the league for a while. When we, they had to play, they just weren't very good. Yeah, so we'll see if this this COVID 
game delay and cancellation postponement thing becomes uh, the mainstream here. Uh, so that's, you know, it started last week with the Vikings Titans temporarily shutting down facilities for a few days. They got that back up and running, but it caused games to be pushed back and postponed. New England, Kansas City was a part of that. I already mentioned the Colts and Bears. So we'll, we'll see, you know, what, what else happens here. And I talked about this weeks ago. I mean, no, this was months ago. I think we first started the podcast. So Cam Newton doesn't play because he tested positive. So that's all, that's all it takes this year, this season, to get your number one guy off the field. So... Like I say, if the Rams are in the NFC Championship game or the Seahawks or whatever, maybe they're playing each other, and Russell Wilson somehow tests positive, he doesn't get to play that Sunday. Right. Well, to me, you just have to look at it like this. Uh, he's got a knee injury. You know, he's got an ankle injury or whatever. And that's just, he just, it's what happens. It just happened, even though it's an off the field kind of a deal. But, he may have got it at the facility, or who knows how how he got it if they get it right. So you just you you can't you can't worry about it. It's just like you can't worry about one of your players getting injured. You do the best job you can to prevent that, but you just deal with it as an injury. I think. I think yeah. The difference though is okay on the field. You know we we know how to do certain things. We're we're only going to practice. We're going to practice a certain way. Okay, no one's going to be stupid before. The big game and you know and practice schedule and and style is what it is. The the chances of Russell Wilson seriously hurting himself in practice is I think pretty slim. No, but he could but, the week before in a game certainly. But we no 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 yeah, yeah. right right. Yeah, I mean he could get injured the week before. No, absolutely absolutely. But what but what I'm talking about is so it's the week leading up to that game, and Russell's just going about normal life like he always does, and they're testing and he's getting swabbed and all that kind of stuff. But something happens, maybe he picks up a cup of coffee at Starbucks somewhere or, or something, or someone brought it in, and he gets, he gets the virus. What I'm, what I'm thinking is, if, if, I'm a quarter, if I'm a coach before that game, I might sequester, if that's the right word, I might sequester all of the, the, my, my quarterback and my, my top guys. <laughs> Because I can't will, have him go down. No, Ron, I will say this. By when we get to the point where it's NFC, AFC championship games, et cetera, and the Super Bowl. Yeah. Before the Super Bowl, I would expect in the playoffs for teams to do exactly what you said. Sequester because it's just too important. You have to. It's too important. Yeah. That I, happened I, too easy. That that was yeah. too easy to get Cam Newton. Right. And it could be anyone, but that was too easy to get a starting quarterback out of the game. Right. See what I'm saying? Yes, and and just what we were talking about earlier. When you lose a quarterback, like there's a huge vacuum there. Oh, it's huge. imagine if Russell Wilson wasn't there. Imagine if Rodgers wasn't there. That's my know? point, Mike. Exactly. I mean, that's a that's the vortex of death for a team. It's a, oh, imagine if it's Patrick Mahomes. Right. Well, there you go. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, you, you can't lose those. I mean, they if anybody ever doubted how important that position is and poo pooed it. Just look at New England without a quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Well, Roger Goodell and the league, and I knew this was coming because we, we were seeing some of the coaches getting laxed with uh, the mask, okay? and regardless of what, what you believe politically and socially and all that, 
it, the league specifically stated long ago, hey, we're going to wear this. We're going to wear the mask. We're going to do this for protocol, all that. But you saw some of the coaches, and I think some of this is heat of the game. Uh, you know, you got to yell at a referee or yell at a player. You just instinctually okay, drop the mask so that you make sure everyone hears you. Or maybe you're talking to someone on the headset and you want to make sure everyone hears you. Then, of course, the Raiders did their little uh, fundraiser, which no one had masks on. And that that was an issue. So the league came out and Roger Goodell, I'm going to read this. Uh, he wanted to make sure everybody understood what's happening here and how serious they are about it. Quote, protocol violations that result in virus spread. Requiring adjustments to the schedule or otherwise impacting other teams will result in an additional financial and competitive discipline, including the adjustment or or loss of draft choices or even forfeiting of games. End of quote. I think he got people's attention on that one. That that should get your attention. Yeah, and I think he's right. I, I think it's absolutely the right thing to do. You know. The, for just what you just got to talking about the possibility of losing some of these quarterbacks. And, uh, you know, it it is the heat of the game. I get that. But like Andy Reid's got that plastic around his face. You know, you can see, you can talk, you can breathe. Uh, To me, you know, that's the answer instead of those masks. Those masks are very difficult to to talk behind. And I can't breathe behind the doggone thing, to be honest Uh with you. But, you know, those, the plastic, Face shield to me makes more sense than the mask does, and uh, I think they ought to, you know, they really ought to look at that. Some of these coaches and to not wear it to me is is hard to understand. And I don't care what the heat of the battle. I just I don't I don't get it. But yeah, I think they're right to do that. Yeah, no, they have to try to control it because what starts off as a couple teams and a couple games and a couple players, you know, being adjusted and pushed back and and have to set out can turn into half the league if you're not careful. So, well, look, look at the president gets it. How careful are they around him? He gets it, right? So, right. I mean, anybody's right. anybody can get it, and and to to take any kind of risk or chance just doesn't make sense to me. Yep, that that's right. And while we're on this subject, I want to shoot out a um, a, um, a get well and hang in there to a guy we know very well, Ron Rivera, head coach of the uh, Washington football team. Yeah, it's been well publicized. He's battling cancer. And, you know, not only are things tough just with COVID-19, but to have to go through that as well. I mean, there's a, a an extra layer of safety that needs to be uh, handled uh, on his part. So, but I just want to know, let him know that uh, that we're thinking about him. And and Ron is a terrific guy. You, you've known Ron and coached against Ron many a times. He, he's a special person. He's one of the nicest Truly, he's like Andy Reid. You know, there's a, a group of guys in that league that are just such great people yeah. that you just want to be around. And he's one of those guys, certainly, and praying for him. Yeah. And he coached, you know, he had his uh, a, a chemo treatment a week ago, and he was out in that field coaching. You know, if anyone would ever question the love some of these guys have for the game, they need to look no further than Ron Rivera. Yeah, no question. You know, it's a he's a tough guy, boy. You know, it's it's a commitment he's got to those players, and yeah, uh, there's a trust there, and he's going to show up. Yeah, yeah. So we wish wish him the best, definitely. So you were talking about unbeaten teams and who's rolling along pretty well right now. Uh, the Ram, uh, not the Rams are not unbeaten, but they're rolling. Seahawks, Chiefs, Bills, Packers, Titans, 
Steelers. Steelers Steelers are quiet, but they're unbeaten. They are. They and you don't hear anything about them at all. You know, the quarterback comes back, he's had the elbow surgery, Big Ben, and uh they're a different team, obviously. Uh they're so good on defense. They've always been that way. Uh you can't look past them for sure. But there's there there's a new kid on the blocks of you know, the Browns, and people laugh out oh, they're they're a fraud. Well, when I went to the Rams in 99, they said the same thing about us. They're just too good in too many different areas. They're they're good on defense, even though they gave up the points that they did. Uh, they're feeling their way a little bit. They're getting better. They're getting confident. But I just like that. They look like a really well-coached team to me. You know, they know what they're doing. They're designed against the Cowboys, whether they didn't play good or it doesn't make any difference. They went right at those pass rushers and beat them up and knocked them off the ball and ran the ball, and they committed themselves to it. And that's how they won that game. So I like their plan. I, I like this football team and where they're going. Of course, you know how I feel about the quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Well, we were on the Dallas Cowboy bandwagon at the beginning of the season, and uh, for, I guess, ego reasons, we should stay on it for a few more weeks before the wheels completely come off. You, you know, Ron, I was talking to Roy about that a little bit last night, our producer. And yeah, <laughs> and, you know, it seems like if you if you're the head coach at the Cowboys, it's kind of like being a substitute teacher in school. You know, um, they know you're not going to be there very long. They know you don't make any decisions. So think about the classroom when there was a substitute teacher. There. Oh, gosh, I did substitute teachers so wrong. Well, I was a substitute teacher for a while. Oh, I'm sorry. I had a, a guy was going out. I had a guy in the third floor was going out a window. I had to reach out and grab him and pull him back in. You know, I mean, oh. it's just like they don't they listen, but they don't pay any attention to you because they know oh. that there's another voice coming back or good. You know, and it, I, there's a little truth to that now. And I'm kind of trying to be a little funny with it too, but there's some truth to that. And uh, there's something terribly wrong at the Cowboys, or has been for some time. Uh, they've always played like a bunch of independent contractors. Uh, there's just no pizzazz to them. Uh, I, I just can't put my finger on it. I don't know. I know defensively uh, they're not playing. And I know Mike Nolan. I know he's really a good football coach. But there's just something wrong there, and I don't know what it is. I don't know how they're going to fix it. Yeah, that's Roy Hamilton, our executive producer. So, Mike, where does it – is this something that starts from management it, it, it's clearly not like the Cowboys of the nineties under Jimmy Johnson and that whole deal and, and all that. There's, there's, there's a team element missing. And on top of that, now they, they last Sunday, the, more injuries, the center, Joe Looney, he he's gone for a couple weeks, at least they made a change at safety. And, and we were talking about that. I, I thought the safety Darian Thompson for whatever reason, it could be how he's he's coached and taught. So I want to be careful here, like you you've always said, because I don't know what he's been told to do. But whatever he's been told to do uh, wasn't working, isn't working. Now he's been told to take a seat, and they replaced him. So there's there's clearly and the energy doesn't look the same. I'm watching Smith, the linebacker, number fifty four. He doesn't look anything like what he 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 looked like in the last couple of years. And Demarcus Lawrence, he's chasing injuries, so it's just a different team. Ron, it comes right down to one thing: they just don't compete. They yeah. just don't compete. They pick and choose when they compete. They've always been that way, but they're not competing. You know, it's it's such a talented football team; yeah. it's almost sinful to watch them. And 
you know, to come back. And I know they, they were like, uh, he was like, I don't know, nine for 11 for 150 yards the first half and scored 14 points. Well, you know, and had like uh, 100, yeah, so 150 yards. So, you know, you double that, that's 28 points, 300. That, that's a nice game. You know, for any quarterback, that's a good game. But to come back and have to score all those points and have 350 yards in the second half, you know, and, and what it says is all these empty yards are chasing the score in the second half. And and it's too bad because then the, the running back is taken out of the equation completely because you get behind. So, but it's it, it they do it to themselves with the early turnovers in the first quarter. Uh, I just would rather see them be committed more to that running back. I, I do believe uh, they've got a gadget running game. I don't like it. They need a power running. That's a power back. Yeah. They need uh, double teams and kickouts and leads and things where he can come downhill instead of that college stuff, which it is. It's the run across the set and hunt and peck. And, I, I, you know, for a back like him, you need to come off the ball and let him go north and south. And uh, yeah. they just don't do that. That's not who they are. And, and that's a great player. And, and he's he's – kind of out of it he's not he's not involved anymore and it's affected his psyche you just watch him he's just not he's not competing no that's true no i i watched their end zone copy on the on the uh coaches tape yesterday and they've got some things going on like some schemes that don't look sound like they're asking a tackle to try to reach block a a guy in a three technique and he's he's clearly too far over even with a little help from the guard, just little things like that, Mike, that, that something's not right. But you can do that in college. Uh, I mean, you can yeah. – those things, you can kind of do that. And uh, you can't do that in the NFL. Yeah. You can't – if a guy's a good player and, and he's play side, you can't reach him. You can't. He's, <laughs> he's going to blow you up. He's going to penetrate unless, you know, that's – it's a cutback or whatever. So, like I said, when you're not very good in the offense line, which you're not, then you got to let your guys do double teams and, and, and go north and south. Trying to run sideways and cut guys off is just not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. So Nick Foles uh, had to take on a team that came into Chicago, Indianapolis, who you know, we talk about, I think, a pretty solid team. They got a solid coach. Um, and, and they went in there, and it was a it was a really a boring game to watch. I'll just be honest about it. But they didn't see much magic. Didn't see much of, of, of anything from Chicago, and the Colts got out of there with the win. Well, Indy's really good on defense. You know, they've mm-hmm. proven that in the first four weeks. They're, they're a real good football team on defense. But I was just so disappointed in what they did with Foles in that game. And I know the coordinator, he's a very, very dear friend of mine. But I just felt like the head coach, for whatever reason, just tied his arms to his side and let him play. You know, um, they were so basic and just so generic and did, they're just, I just, you know, yeah, criticize the coach and all that stuff, but I, I just didn't like what they did at all in that game, their approach with fools. And, you know, the team is energized now, let him play, get him, get him going early, let him get going, let him have some pizzazz. He's done this before and, and uh, right, he's let been him there. Go. Let him right. go. Let him, let him play. They didn't. Let him do it. They didn't. They were very careful and methodical, and that's not who that guy is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was watching Seattle and Miami, and I kept wondering why Russell Wilson was holding the ball. And, you know, you can only see so much on TV copy, so I looked at the coach's tape, and the Dolphins played 
an old coverage that's been around for a long time. And I don't know how much people play it now. It seems like they're caught up into the combination coverages and, and, and quarters coverage and all that. They played old school robber coverage, cover three. Mm-hmm. They showed a they showed a, a cover two look, which is two safeties deep, and then they dropped down the uh, safety and played three. It three took buzz, the, yeah. yeah, it, it three three buzz right and buzz the linebacker out to the flat. What it did, Mike, it it took away the deep shot that everyone's been getting or that they've been getting on everyone with DK Metcalf. I, I tell you, Ron, that coverage is where football starts, and I think I don't care who you are or what your philosophy is on defense, the first thing you do is you get real good at playing cover three. you you got to do that. If I was ever a head coach, you know, I don't care who the coordinator is, buddy, you're going to play cover three and you're going to play the heck out of it. Good old basic cover yeah. three. Yeah, yeah like because first day it, of minicamp. Because in the, in the league, when you look at all these scores and the scoring is outrageous right now, all this man coverage stuff and guys getting beat and these quarterbacks are too good. But you, you get them into cover three. And there are some times, you know, with Rodgers trying to throw it down there, and they're in three in the, in the corners there, and he smothers it. He gets up, he knocks the ball or whatever. And yeah. I just think that when you can play three, you support the run exceptionally well. And the clues, you let your players clue into the quarterback and get to their spots in the field and move on the ball and move on the quarterback's eyes. And then you start – and then you go from there. Then yeah. move from there. But – I think everybody, if you go in there and be a good cover three team, you're going to take away a lot of those deep balls and you're going to really support the run. Yeah, and then like a good team will do, and a good quarterback, the coordinator for the Seahawks said, okay, if that's what they're going to play, then we're going to start working the hook zones and the curl zones. So then they just started running the tight end down the field about seven yards turn, Russell Wilson throwing the ball. They start working on that. And then some drag routes, some some intermediate drag routes, like from the slot, Mike, and they would see if that linebacker would 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 bite up on, on a shallow drag, which they started doing, and then they were starting to hit that. And that's where they got Metcalf and uh, Lockett involved a little more. Yeah, and, and but that's okay. I mean, you that's going to happen to you. It's a yeah. bend but not break. But once you get inside the – the 20-yard line, you can't do that anymore. Those things don't happen anymore, you know. Yeah, and, that's right. And, you know, there's ways in cover three to handle on that. You know, there's calls for the linebackers in cover three. You can match it. You can spot drop it. You can change their depth with certain calls. There's there's a lot of things with the undercovers that you can do. In yeah. fact, a lot of teams, in fact, uh, what the Seahawks did to uh, Denver in the Super Bowl years ago is they lined up and showed cover one man coverage, pressed them, and played a real tight cover three. And and right. bail, Manning, press yeah. bail the corner. Yeah, yeah. They, Peyton Manning didn't know what to do because they corners ran with them and then released them uh, when mm-hmm. they went across the field. So he's throwing these drags and these guys are coming down blowing them up. So I mean, there's ways of doing that, and I just think that you know teams have gotten away from that for whatever reason. And uh, I think the really good teams are pretty good at playing cover three. Yeah, and it wasn't a great ball, but to your point, Russell Wilson threw an interception down by the goal line. It, it was just cover one, and the corner was on the back shoulder. Ball was thrown behind a little bit. But to your point, you couldn't do some of the things that, that they wanted to do out in the open field down there. So, And the bottom line is, so, so the Seahawks win the game. You know, they're, they're the better team. Uh, it was 31-23. It wasn't an embarrassment. Fitz, Fitzpatrick did the best that he could do. He was Fitzpatrick, and we, you know, a lot of running, a lot of tough guy stuff, and and he keeps you, he keeps you playing. You know, he's never going to quit on you, and that's 
that's big. But I thought this was Brian Flores, the head coach. Remember, he was on the the um, the Patriots staff when they played him in the Super Bowl, so he knew some things to try to do to this team. And I think that that helped. I sure did. And you know, the talking about Fitzpatrick, and I drafted Fitzpatrick, <laughs> you yeah. know, years and years ago, but. Here's an example of a guy that has bounced around the league on a lot of different teams, but he's never been on a good team. He's never been on a good team. Just imagine, and he is beat up a lot. But I remember when he was with the Bills, he was we played him. He was really good. He really played well. But he's for some reason everybody's always trying to replace him. I think he's pretty darn good. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, the team responds to him. Right. Yeah. It, it, the worst thing in the world is for your team not to respond to your quarterback. And, and I, I'm not saying it's a personal thing, but I don't I don't know that the team responds to wins. This year's team doesn't. Now, when you first jumped in there, OK, they look like they responded. This I, I don't see that now. I tell you, uh, to me, what's going on with Wentz right now is he got uh, he's got that deer in the headlight kind of a thing going on where yeah. he's had he's gone through a kind of a tough period. He's never been there before. He didn't know what to do. And so his confidence is shaken. You can't hide that in a group of highly competitive men in the in the huddle. You, you can't hide that. Yeah. And that's what fits to – I don't care what's happened. Fits to get the heck beat out of him. He'll pop up and they respect him. And they're just a little – I don't know whether the, he once has that right now. And hopefully he'll battle back and continue to win And because I really think he's such a good player. But I think uh, there's a little bit of confidence that's been shaken with him. And it's, it's not so much that that's happened. It's how you respond to it. And I just want to see him, I don't know, um, be a lot more aggressive and confident. And the only way you do that is you get out there and you, you, you get it done. Mm-hmm. Well, he got the win. And that, was a, that, was a, that was a much needed win. And now they're 1-2-1. One, and, one, and 49ers 2-2. Two and two. Uh, It wasn't a pretty game, but they got it done. And the 49ers are so beat up physically now they've got so many people on the injured list they they can't even put it on the on the same page to show it on tv but that happens that's the nfl all right coach we're going to take a quick break we'll be back with more run it again after this message there are families that will go hungry tonight every day people who have been affected by the covid19 pandemic the need is greater than ever before and your neighbors need your help. Donate today to support communities facing hunger during this time of uncertainty. Every dollar you give can provide at least 10 meals to children and families in need through the Feeding America network of food banks. Please make a donation today at feedingamerica.org. Thank you. Welcome back. Here's Ron Pitts with the coach, Mike Mars. Be sure to join them every Tuesday for a new episode of Run It Again. Let's uh, let's talk about next week's games here. And are there any games that jump out at you that uh, you're really looking forward to seeing? There's a couple of teams that are really kind of on fire right now that are coming out of the dark. Yeah. One of them's the Chargers. And, yeah. and I just want to talk about the Chargers for a second. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Because they're really good on defense. And they've got they've got injuries too, like like a lot of teams do. But this kid, Herbert, at the Chargers, is a special player. Remember in the draft we talked about him and 
course, Tagliavoa down there at Miami and Burrow and, and whatnot. And there was, I can't remember the kid's name at, uh, uh, what's his name at uh, Georgia, the, the quarterbacks. There are a lot of quarterbacks. And then he was kind of talked about. But when we looked at him at Oregon, from. remember? Yes, from. Yeah. When we looked at him at Oregon, you know, they said, well, he's not a leader and all this. I think sometimes scouts just look for stuff to, you know, they're just not important. Why would they say that? Well, I know why. Because, you know, the kid is uh, – he's a, one of those guys doesn't go out, doesn't party, doesn't do any of that stuff, doesn't have social media. I think the Chargers made him get social media. So he's not that guy. He's supposed to be like some engineering or biochemic major. You know, he, so he's different in that vein anyway. So maybe that's why they felt like, oh, well, he's not a leader. You know, he's not. Uh, and that makes absolutely no difference whatsoever. Right. It's what you do. You know, Mark Bulger for us, he might say two words during the whole week of practice. He's a real quiet yeah. guy. And oh, it doesn't make man. any difference. It, who cares? It's how you play. But that all that kid did at Oregon is, and, and they were in such a simple routine offense. Uh, he wasn't asked to do much mentally. And, but that kid could play now. A big guy can throw heat and move yeah. and see stuff. And, you know, we both felt like he might end up being the best one of the group. And who knows where this is going with him. I'm not knighting him all pro. But just from what I've seen of him, the thing that I like the most about him is some of the incredible throws that he's made under duress. The guy's bearing down on him or a hold of him and the, the arm strength and the ability to put it where he needs to and, uh, this kid's going places, and this is going to be a really good team. Now, I think it's going to happen here down the second half of the season. I think they'll just gain momentum. But uh, I like, and I think Anthony's done a great job with that team. Yeah, he's he's a good core. I like him. I like him a lot. Uh, it's a shame what happened to Tyrod Taylor with the puncture. Wally Pitt. Yeah, Wally Pitt. yeah, no, that's that's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know. So and that's as weird as it can get. And I. And let me tell you, for those of you out there listening that don't know what happened to Tyrod Taylor, he had a rib injury. And like so many players will do pregame, they'll take a, a shot, a pain shot uh, right before they go out. Well, that pain needle is, uh, you know, all but 10 inches long. OK, that a look at that needle will make your rib better right there. And somehow the doctor punctured a lung. And so, you know, now he's into a whole nother protocol now, not just having a lung injury, but you, you've got that kind of deal in, in COVID-19 uh, circumstances. So they've got to take an extra precaution. But the bottom line is uh, Herbert's a pretty good quarterback. I, I like him a lot. And, and he threw a nice touchdown pass there uh, against uh, the Buccaneers in, in a game that probably the Chargers – you know, with a, without a few mistakes here and there, you know, could have won. But that's that's a difference in this league. I think they're getting better. I, I think it's a yeah. team that's on the come. And, you know, yeah. the Browns, I think, are for real. We'll see. But, um, you know, there's a couple teams that are exciting that have not been in the limelight over the years that are starting to look like they're trying to make a move. And, of course, the Bills. See, they've built the Bills the right way over the last three years. And all they've done has gotten better every year. And who knows? Who's going to – who can determine what the Super Bowl is going to be like, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're in it. Right. Now they're, they're, they're undefeated. Okay. It's early in the season. Just the first quarter of the season is, is over. And this is a different first quarter than, than years past because of all of the uh, pandemic restrictions and everything and training. But this team knew, this Bills team knew that this was their window. 
with Tom Brady leaving uh, New England, there's a chance that there's a rebuilding going on there, and, and, and the time to strike is now, and it looks like they were ready to strike. So we're going to follow them closely and see what they end up with. Well, they're built the right way because they're good in all oh, phases, boy. and Josh Allen has gotten so much better every year. And the way he's playing right now, um, boy, they're a really hard team to beat because, you know, the premise is they're going to beat you on defense first and foremost and run the football and all of a sudden, the quarterback and the, and they've got that new receiver and they're throwing the ball down the field and well, they're a tough team to beat right now. That's right. Yep, Stephon Diggs is, is the new guy. Yes. Yeah, he uh, makes you wonder what Minnesota was thinking about. Minnesota, they uh, they will go against the Seahawks out in in Seattle. That's that's not going to be good. Minnesota at one and three. You know, you've got Thielen there, but is there anything else that really scares you? No, the quarterback doesn't scare me. It's, he's the biggest disappointment for me because I've I've been a big Cousins fan uh, mm-hmm. since he came in the league and and uh, we did a game of theirs, Ron. Remember the, when they played the Bengals? I think it was his first start, and he was very You're very right. uh, not the Bengals right. but the Browns. But um, but he was very impressive in that game, and uh, he's very talented. But like you know, like everybody, you still have to give him the things that he's got to have that be successful. You know, the you got to give him. The receivers not let him get out of there, you know, uh, yeah. digs and, you know, those guys. So it's, you know, when you have a rotating personnel group around you, the only guy that can handle that and win to me is Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Jaguars and the Texans. That'll be interesting. That's in Houston. Uh, and you'll have Romeo Cornell taking over. You know, sometimes when a new coach comes in, the team gets fired up. Now, I don't know if it's real and I don't know if it can be sustained, but at least for those first couple of weeks, because there's hope, they get fired up and they can be difficult. Well, Romeo's been a head coach a couple sure times. Has. So, yeah. And he's really a good football coach. And I know the players yeah. really like him. Um, there's no reason why they can't go on and get, you know, with this changeover, a lot of times the players do get excited. Uh, so, you know, they, they could get on a roll because they're a talented football team. They are a good football team. They really are. So there's no reason why they can't get it going a little bit, but we'll see. I know the emotion of it initially will be strong, and then hopefully they can sustain that. But yeah, he's yeah. he's one of those guys that deserves to be a head coach in the league. He, he, you know, he's had a chance, but it was a – you know, it's kind of – it's kind of like Rod, when Rod Marinelli got the Detroit job. It's great. You become a head coach, unfortunately, to Detroit, you know, one of those things. Yeah, that that's that's true, and yeah. that's what happened to him initially. I think when he's what was it, the Browns or wherever he was. Yeah, at the Browns, and then he was in Kansas City, and uh, we we were boy, we were there for one of those weekends. You know, they had a fatality on the team, and it right. was just a rough week. But that was that was Romeo, along with Scott Pioli, the general manager, right in the middle of, of that thing. So that was tough for everyone. But you're right. He's got the experience, and he's well respected. Comes out of the Patriot, uh, the Patriot program, and 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 the so on and so forth. So, you know, we'll see how they respond to him. Uh, I'll, I'll just take it back up here from the top. This coming Thursday, the Buccaneers and the Bears. That'll be in Chicago. Oof! I think the Bears are having a hard time right now. Um, they've looked bad all year. Uh, and, and they've looked bad on offense. Now, Foles gave them some life initially, and uh, <laughs> I think they're still on life support to some extent. And, I, mm-hmm. you know, Bill Lazor is a coordinator. I, I have great respect for him. I think he's really good. 
but the head coach is still the guy calling the plays and deciding on things. And, you know, where they are right now, they better get a little bit more uh, creative and let him play a little bit more for them to, to win games because it's, uh, you know, Miami, they, you know, Fitzy comes in, they'll, they won't hold anything back. They're going to go in there and sling it around and, and do what they can. So I just don't like where the Bears are right now. Yeah, yeah, that'll be Tampa Bay. Oh, excuse me, there. Tampa Bay. Yeah, Tampa that, Bay, right. You know, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay is playing great defense. Remember yeah. at the beginning of the season, they were really good on defense and he was struggling a little bit, Brady was. Mm-hmm. But this is the other team I was talking – I was going to talk about with the Chargers. Tampa Bay and the Chargers, those teams are really coming on. Now they – I just think they're getting better and better. And after four weeks now with Brady, he's more comfortable with his guys and – what they did last week, that great comeback, uh, was terrific. Uh, I think that he's kind of getting into his mode a little bit, and they're not letting him – just don't let him throw those deep comebacks on the outside. He doesn't have the arm to do it anymore. No, no. The Rams going back to Washington. You know, everybody got excited. Oh, man, all these away games for the Rams. They were in Buffalo. Now they got to go to the Washington. But yeah, but you're getting them out of the way early in the year and the, the last part of their season, a lot of home games. So that's the way you want your your schedule set up. And I think they travel well. And I think they play well on the road. And, and, and Washington's a team they should beat at one and three. They should beat them. They're just – they're built different. The Washington is still trying to – you know, build their football team. And there's just a big difference to me with talent. And, and the head coach here at the Rams is just not going to let them, uh, you know, skip a beat. He's not going to let them beat down or take them for granted. He just won't, That's not going to happen. Now, Buffalo now. Here's a, here's a hot one. We're talking about Buffalo uh, rolling along here 4-0. and They're going up against the Titans at 3-0. and That's in Tennessee. This will be a hard game for Buffalo. It'll be a real hard game because it'll be a keep-away game. The Titans will take that ball and not let them have it. Yeah. Uh, the matchup to me is the Titans' offense against the uh, Buffalo defense. If, if they can shut down that running game and turn this into a one-dimensional game, then Buffalo will win that game. Well, you have to start there with, yeah. with, with Henry. Yeah, you've got to do that, you know, that, that guy, because he'll – They'll dominate the game, and the coach is smart. The coach, you know, Rabel does a good job of doing, I think, you know, what Belichick would always do, take away your best thing and make make you beat him left-handed. He's one of my favorite head coaches in the league right now. I really yep. like how he approaches this game. Yep, very smart, very, uh, very single-minded, but yet effective. Eagles uh, going to Pittsburgh. Mm, if they play like they've been playing, uh, this one could be over quick. It's, again, Steelers undefeated 3-0. I just think if Wentz can shake this thing off, and I know the, yeah. the moving parts around him have changed and not very good sometimes, but if he could, yeah. I think this was a good confidence for him to come out of that with a win and have some good plays in there. Uh, if he plays very well, which I think he certainly can at this point, yeah, uh, it'll be interesting. Yeah, I I think Gase could get fired shortly after this game, a loss here. They're going to take on the Cardinals in New York. I, I just don't know what it would serve to fire Gates right now. Why? After four years, why would you do Now, I understand O'Brien because of the some of yeah. the political things here, but what? why? You know, they're, they're an awful team personnel-wise. The, the yeah. cupboard, it's not bare. There's no cupboard, period. How did they get to that point, though? That's a good question. That's, that's a real that's good question. I, yeah, and I, I, you I, need to look in that direction before you start talking about firing a coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, 
two and two Cardinals. They need a win. <laughs> the Jets damn sure need a win. So we'll see how that one goes. The Raiders and the Chiefs. Now the Raiders two and two going back to Kansas City. Of course, Kansas City riding at four and zero. Oh. There was a stat that I read. Let me pull this up real quick. And I I couldn't understand. I didn't believe this. So Derek Carr is the franchise's all-time leader in touchdown passes. So you're saying the all-time leader in touchdown passes over the snake, over Ken Stabler? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Derek. He really, he's thrown that many touchdown passes. Wow. He, he has, and he's really a terrific player on a team that just doesn't know what they are yet. You know, they're just not a real tough football. They're not very disciplined. No, John Gruden very well. I think he's a great coach. But there's something there. To me, they're an underachieving team. And I don't know whether there's a disconnect between the quarterback and the head coach or – I don't know what's going on there, but it's been there for a while now. And yeah. they, they just seem hamstrung some, somehow. But I watch Derek Carr play sometimes, and he plays as well as anybody in the league at times. And it, it's just kind of a hit or miss. They're just – they're kind of an enigma to me. I, I don't know what they are. You like to see them just catch fire and go like crazy, you know, but they shoot themselves in the foot so many times. And it, it and he gets going and he's he's working on all cylinders and then they give up a bunch of sacks. Gosh, you know? but Mike, has that not been the story of the Raiders for so many? It has years? been, yeah, it really has. Yeah, been. Whether it's it, it, change the coach out, change the quarterback out, change the receivers, change everyone, it's the same story. But they've never had a quarterback like this, Ronnie. They've that's, never. That's that's interesting. You say that, Mike, because the narrative is. Well, he's getting better, and it's all John Gruden's offense, and everything is John Gruden, and he's just the puppet running it. You're the first person I've heard say that. No, he's he's an elite player, and uh, he's not playing like that all the time. And I don't know why. And I know John knows what he's doing. I, I'm not trying to blame anybody. I, sometimes there's just uh, not a good connection between, uh, you know, it's like what happened down there in, in – uh, with the Texans a little bit. There's just something missing there. Yeah. It seems like he's trying to please John all the time. And he, the first, whenever he makes a mistake, uh, yeah, I know he looks right to the sideline. He line. looks right to John. And he taps yeah. himself in the chest. My bad, my bad. But no, yeah. don't, don't do that. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> right. You tell me, just keep chucking that thing down. Yeah. We'll fix this on the run. Yeah. <laughs> all right. And the last one here, Dallas, uh, there's some other ones, but Dallas and the Giants. Oh boy. The 0-4 Giants going to the 1-3 Cowboys. This is not a traditional NFC East matchup, folks. No, it'll be interesting to see how the Cowboys um, approach this game. Supposedly, they had to come to Jesus after that game down the, in the facility. I don't know what got resolved. Or uh, Sometimes those meetings just make you go the up opposite direction that you really want. So yeah. I, I tell you what. It'll be very interesting to see how the Cowboys play this game, see how this thing works out. Oh, boy. This you know, Jason, hard. coming as the offensive coordinator, he was a head oh, coach there. Oh, so I, yeah, oh, I forgot. You don't think that, that this is an important game for him. Yeah. No, that's – He played there and coached there, you know. See, this is the one where if you lose it now, the, the media is is 100% on your back. Now you're you're in trouble. Yeah, that's going to be uh, – that's the last thing they need is uh, Jason Garrett coming down to Dallas, getting a win. Well, Jason Garrett wins this game. There, Why do we get rid of Jason? <laughs> you know. 
That's why I say, you know, so many times if the easiest thing to do is just fire the coach, fire Adam Gase, you know, you know, fire this guy, fire that guy. But, you know, very seldom is it, it just isn't that easy. There's a reason yeah. why, there, you know, you win because you've got good players. It's a player's game. It always has been. And coaches are facilitators. But you can't facilitate bad players or a lack of good players. You just can't. There's there's moving parts to this thing, as we know. A lot of moving parts. So, All right, Mike. That's it. Hey, next week, uh, we, we got an old friend coming to join us. Guy's a pretty decent player in the league. He wasn't bad. Ronnie Lott. Well, what an He's honor that join is. Us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll uh, – oh, man, that's going to be fun. We'll, we'll talk football, do what we do best. All right? All right, Ronnie. Thank you. All right, man. See you next week. I'm Ron Pitts with the coach, Mike Martz, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Like what you're hearing on Run It Again? Let us know by leaving us a review on Apple. Now it's time to turn the mic around and hear from you, our listeners. Got a question for me or the coach? Just send us an email at runitagainpod.com at gmail.com or leave a comment on social media at run it again pod be sure to join us next tuesday as we answer some of those email and social media questions plus we'll be joined by pro football hall of famer and four-time super bowl champion ronnie lott don't forget to visit us at run it again podcast.com and make sure you hit that subscribe button just remember we're two old pros trying to make you think a little be safe and stay healthy everyone Run it again with Ron Pitts and coach Mike Martz, a Benstown and McVeigh Media Podcast Network's production. Executive produced by Roy Hamilton, producer Ted Woods, and technical engineer is Kevin Horton. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram by searching at Run It Again Podcast.